Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, brought to you as ever by the lovely people in Seed Golf Balls. That's seedgolf.com. Try them today, premium quality products at half the price. An absolute no-brainer. You've pressed play today because I have a dare manner in the subject title and because we are talking today with David Bailey, superintendent at the phenomenal Adair Manor. Uh, upcoming Ryder Cup venue. I'm not going to mess around. Let's get straight to the chat with David. It's an it was an absolute dream down there that day back in August. Let's roll it there, Colette. Listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what did he get at? Donald Donovan is the last quarterback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses! It's all on this. Ready to tee it up? I am. I am, Paddy. Ready to go. Can you... Um, so I did a podcast in, in, in a similar room of extravagance <laughs> down in Waterville House. And Waterville House was steeped in history and Tiger Woods on the wall and the who's who of golf taking trout out of the river with that Waterville House. Yes. Can you describe the room we're in right now for me, please? Um, we're looking at an opulent room, uh, a large a large table, uh, room, room enough for 16 people around it for a, for an extravagant board meeting, if you like. Beautiful room, really. Beautiful room. With, within, with, a, within a more beautiful building. With a view out to what, towards the 15th green on the golf course as well. A lovely setting for uh, for a chat. Oh, I was saying on the way in, it, it's far from places like this I was raised. So my level of comfort, I'm way outside my comfort zone, <laughs> but it's fantastic to be here. Uh, it's fantastic for you and the team here to have me down. We're in Adair Manor and we're in the boardroom yes. of Adair Manor, which is where you have your HOD meetings. Yes, 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 we do once a week. We get we get together and uh, discuss what's coming up or any any, any kind of notes notes from the previous week of, of, of any, anything there we can improve on there yeah so so we're very lucky to have this uh, the hotel but also the kind of setting of the boardroom is uh, it's, it's beautiful I feel like I should have come here in a Lamborghini or something uh, you do I think you're doing okay, buddy. I'm doing all right. I came, I came in an Audi, so we're not too bad. <laughs> um, David Bailey, what, what's the official title? What's the LinkedIn name? My official title in that manner is um, Senior Assistant Superintendent. So are we gone beyond, um, and forgive my somewhat agricultural questions, <laughs> <laughs> are we gone beyond the days of mowing grass yourself yet? I am getting there. Um, I need to move myself away from that side of thing, but it's it's what I've done for 20 years in my time here, man. It's um, it's what I love doing. But yeah, for for me and the next stages of my career, I need I need to be I need to be covering less than 30,000 steps a day. <laughs> I'm looking to get above three. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, you're here 20 plus years, right? Yes. Uh, you describe it as. You describe it as what sixteen plus five. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so I'm. I'm here in the day tw- twenty years this year. But I suppose the way I look at it with the revamp is I'm in the day five years. This is this, this, this is different kettle of fish. This is kind of what's going on now. It's just to- totally different to what's going on before. And every day is every day is still a school day. 
Massively. Uh, I'll ask it now because it's top of mind because you were reporting to Alan. Alan, uh, surname? Alan McDonnell. McDonnell, yes. A Kilgarvan man, Kerry yes. man, uh, who's superintendent here? Yes. Um, and we, we'd lunch here in the carrot house, which is phenomenal. Get the buttermilk chicken. Anybody's going to get the buttermilk chicken. It's phenomenal. I think that's my. I think I said that all day. Am I phenomenal? <laughs> yes. Um, different gravy, um, all those type of terms. And he sat down. And he asked me, older than you. So I played. I played here like the last day, the open day single for fifty quid. He said, "Yeah, fifty quid." Um, <laughs> the last day before it closed. I don't know how long ago that was. Maybe eight, nine years ago. I, I benchmarked off my kids, so I'm not sure if Christopher was around. So we'll say ten, we'll say ten or eleven years ago, and it's new. It's mind-bogglingly different. Um, routing is the same in terms of. The, <laughs> The direction you go, the GPS you go, but my God, the surroundings is, is, is phenomenally different. And if anything, I don't know if I described it well enough for Alan in terms of it's just to sink in. You know what I mean? Like I'll go in and I'll go through the the couple hundred photos I took or whatever, and and kind of relive the experience the next couple of days. And it's just like um, you have to get a cab when you come to there. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I'm telling you, you have to because um, you don't get the full experience of a dare if you're worrying about your bag and dropping head coverings and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and that. Um, so you've been very kind to me in, in that regard today. Connor was phenomenal. So, Connor, if you're listening to this, um, if the day job doesn't go, 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 go great, um, the, Cadian, the Cadian career is definitely there for you. Um, older news, yeah, new for me, absolutely. David Bailey, where are you from? So I am from the northwest of England in Cumbria, um, just just outside of the Lake District. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have said that was a Newcastle West accent you had. No, even after twenty years. No, even after twenty years. Although, although any time I go home, I'm always I'm always, I'm always being accused of being Irish. You no, know, that, that, that that there's a twang there, but no, I still uh, I still have the Cumbrian twang. Um, Lake District would be very similar to Kerry. Killarney area. I attended college in my Myerscore College in Preston, um, studying turf science. Um, Why did you study turf science? I got into turf science through my love of golf, basically. So, I, so what was your earliest memory of golf? I ask everybody that question. My earliest memory of golf, and it, it sticks to me, and I don't think my dad would, would remember this, but was he my home golf club, Mary Park Golf Club, um, Lynx Course, he hit his tee shot off the first tee, and I, 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 I can remember to the day he had a set of Petron Impala woods and irons, and I see in those clubs every day, every day, for every day for nearly 10 years. He hit his tee shot down the first hole, I ran down, picked up the ball, and fetched it back to him. There was some choice language used by my father, but um, that's, that's my earliest introduction to golf, what not to do. How, how old were you? I, at, at the time, I was 10. Yeah, yeah. my, my, my boy Chris would definitely do something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's well within the remit of a 10-year-old. It was just aliens for me. That, oh, he said the ball, I'll go. I'll go and fetch it back from <laughs> So, moving from um, bring, fetching balls back for your dad, moving into turf science, where did that interest come from? Um keen golfer um, up, up until the ages of about 16, 17 I, play, I played off a 7 handicap um, I love the outdoors my 
my mum and my uncle and now my cousin were were all accountants. I did um, two work placements in accountancy offices, which just happened to be two of the warmest summers on record. And I was sitting there inside an office with an oversized silk shirt and a tie tie that was far too big for me. And I said, this, is, this, this isn't for me. I need to be outdoors. And then the love of golf, really. So turf, turf science, um, so the competitive event was Love of Golf, yeah. and that was into sports ground management and yes. turf grass. Yeah. But then what are the steps from doing a course like that, which I'm assuming is, is more academically led in, in books and yes. this grass versus yeah. that yeah. grass yeah. and etc. Yeah. and what would, you, what would you call the, the root system, what would you call it like that, um, into actually become, what are the steps involved to actually become a greenkeeper then? Well, for, for me, I think it, it was something that was kind of drilled into me in my early stages of greenkeeping, is you need a passion. You need to have a passion for it because it 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 takes up a lot of your time. Um, if you if you don't have the passion and drive for it, then it potentially isn't for you. But um, so my college would have been the, the first course I would have been in college would have been the national certificate in uh, in groundsmanship and greenkeeping. I followed that followed that up second year with a national diploma in turfgrass science, um, which through the second year led led me to a work placement in a day. Was my first was my first placement here for 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 four months. Okay. Went back went back to college and it finished up there. Uh, finished up there in twenty. Spent six months down in the London club, learning my trade. But I I kind of knew I kind of knew from the first time I left Adair that Ireland and Adair was was a place for me. Um, it was the lifestyle, the crack, not. As everybody says, the Guinness, blah blah blah. No, it wasn't. I I just loved it over here. It was already there. Is a home, home from home for me. What drew you back then? Adair, instead of staying in, in London, because you're, you're as, you know, of, of an age when like London would be very attractive from like a, yeah. a nightlife perspective and Peter yeah. Daly and yeah. all this. So what brought you back to, to Adair? Um, for me, and pardon my absolutely terrible Irish, but it's the Cade and Mila Fulcher. Oh, you, you did it better than a lot of people. The welcome, the just the lifestyle, the people. I, I was just made to feel at home and obviously the kind of lure at the, at the time of the golf course and the vision and the tournaments coming up. Even for the older day, it was just, it was just... Yeah, because around that time you had, um, like, the first installments of, of the J.P. McManus yes. Invitationals, yes. Uh, which was every, which was biannually, so every second year. It w- Different colour caps, but... Yeah, it was, <laughs> so, so, there was one in 2000 in Limerick Golf Club, the next one after that was 2005, so it was every kind of five years. Co- yeah, correct. And, and, and then, then you'd Irish Opens back to back And years. then we had Irish Opens... Or six or seven. Harrington and the guy that fell in the water. Harrington, uh, Harrington and Richard. Richard Finch. Finch. Yeah. 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 The guy the, that fell in the water. Yeah. Two memorable finishes, both for different reasons. Different reasons, absolutely. For those tournaments, and I did talk to Seth and Alan beforehand, so I have a large degree of what might be involved, but I'll ask you for everybody listening, of course. So for. And you might be able to allude to the differences between. Can we call it version one and version two? Yes. What, what's, yes. it, what's it called locally? Um, 
it's it's just bad old, area. old and new. Yeah, it's it's old and new area. You don't call yeah. it you don't call it like the Faz. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I think and I, I we'll think two of friends I across think, the water. I think a certain for, another one, another podcast is much more popular than mine. Calls it the Faz or, or calls him the Faz. I think more so than yeah. more so than yeah. there. So the, the question is finally coming. So in terms of greenkeeping, course management perspective for a tournament, Irish Open, McManus, Proams. Upcoming Ryder Cups. Yes. The, the, the stupid question: What's involved? Um, there's there's a massive amount of preparation involved. I mean, for it's not like the first. It's not like the couple of months leading up to a tournament, is it? No, no, no. I mean, for us, not for the Ryder Cup. For instance, in case kind of six years' time, we kind of plan in now as regards um, surfaces, grasses, just rough programs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> programs for the rough. Rough <laughs> programs <laughs> and and what's going to be the requirements from um, the different captains and and that. Um, but I mean, that's like for now, but. I mean, this golf course was built for a Ryder Cup starting five years ago. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're looking at a 10 or 12 year leading to, lead to a tournament. Um, but I mean, that's what kind of turf science side of it is. You need to know your greens. You need to know your golf course. You need to know what, how they're performing, how they're draining, how they infiltration rates, nutrient levels, all that, all that kind of comes into play. And then you need to know where you are with with um, machinery, what kind of heights of cut you can take, green speeds. Um, that's only touching on one or two areas of the golf course. It's, it's incredible. The work, the, the work. It, a lot of it is taken mathily for granted by anybody watching tournaments yeah. or indeed playing it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's years of planning could, could kind of go in a single European Tour event, let alone a phenomenal kind of global global event of the Ryder Cup. Um, in terms of, let's say, a, a regular tournament, mm-hmm. such as a JP McManus Pro which is I've been at a couple of them they're like European tour standard events you know yeah. the likes of Tiger Woods the McElroy's the who's who of golf and, and celebrity yeah. uh, is at them V1 versus V2 old versus new preparing for um, a run of the mill tournament like yeah. that yeah. what's the difference from like the old golf course yes. versus if you're preparing this one out here yes. for it now I mean I suppose we'll kind of start with what we have now we would view our golf course it needs to be in the same condition for a golfer on a Tuesday morning as it does if if there's, if there's a European Tour event on a Sunday so I think after after our kind of game of golf then out today and I was going to say it's, like, I'll give everybody an idea we played it this morning it's it's a half three so I, I'm on borrowed time with David he needs to go home um, we played it this morning and blown away by the fact that I just it's a Friday in July and it's like Lynch, like Lynch and I go on about it a lot on this podcast um, Lynch wasn't this good Okay. Uh, I've played I wouldn't have played a lot of courses I played the Olympic Club um, you know off off, off um, in off the road so it wasn't in tournament condition but that was unbelievable yes. that's better than this okay. or, or that is in a dare outside the window of that yeah I mean, I mean, I mean like as I kind of said kind of earlier on it's um, we're kind of five years into it now and we never get tired of of kind of hearing the comments and the prayers but at the end of the day we are our own worst critics, you know. As in myself and myself and Alan and and the team, we know we know what it takes to to have the golf course ready for if if there's a, a VIP in on a Tuesday or if there's a members competition on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's it's the same for us. The guy who's playing who's playing the start of the week should be getting the same condition as the guy who's playing at the end of the week. And and that's that's all kind of driven by the rate as well. Joe, it's 
no secret that it's um, it's expensive to play there, but that's that's my kind of biggest driver for for there on a daily basis. Is if I was paying that rate, would I be happy with that golf course? And thankfully for the team we have behind us, the manager that I have in uh, Allen, we managed to create those conditions daily. I'll try and ask, I'll try. And, this could be a good drinking game for anybody listening <laughs> in terms of how many times I say a phenomenon. But it's not just the golf course. It's the day. It's the experience. Yeah. It's the minute you come in the the front gate. Yeah. Like if it was in like it's sacred ground almost. It's, it's how I would class it yeah. from the outside looking. It's yeah. like oh, it's it's. You, I can edit this part out if you want. When you walk from the putting green down to the first, it's a certain um, corner. Yeah. So if a certain, there's a local name for the corner there. There's a local name which was donned by the previous owner. As you come down the laneway and you kind of round the corner with the hotel in front of you, it was known as Oshie Corner. Oshie Corner. But that for me is like Oshie Day. <laughs> for because, me because, today. Because, because you literally arrive uh, arrive on the corner and then the hotel it's it's just there to greet you. Yeah. The gardens, you pan to the right, you have the the beautiful sight of the ninth green and the surrounds and the runoff. It's just sitting there as as proud as punch. And we'll get into the runoff areas in a second. Um, because people will quib and they'll moan and that, that's just that's just the Irish psyche, if you ask me, in yeah. terms of um what do we call it? A degradation culture? Is that the word? I'm not sure if that's the word, but I think people understand what I'm trying to say. Um, without telling people they're they're incorrect or whatever, but we'll talk down about each other faster than we'll say great jobs. Yes. Yeah. Um, and having chats with the likes of Matt Janella, Matt Adams, Tom, um, Tom Coyne, etc., about paying for green fees in premium locations is that the fact that they're accessible at all yeah. is is step number one. Is yes. that you can actually play here? Yes. Because if it was any Anywhere else in the world, bar maybe Dubai, maybe not Dubai. Um, we won't talk about Saudi Arabia, but different like the likes of America or, or, or where they have golf in a different stratosphere, where Paddy from Kilfenora does not even play golf. Yeah. The fact that you know I can chill out and play here and experience a phenomenal day. You know, I put it up there. You know, my wife doesn't know what to buy me, oftentimes for my birthday or Christmas or anniversary, um, and that's right. Put for for people like me, you know, in terms, you know, average enough, um, would say that's that's a hell of a present. That's a, that's a hell of a day. That's yeah. incredible. And 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 people of of, of um, slimmer wallets, you call it these days, wouldn't it? You <laughs> yes. wouldn't call it larger yes. wallets. Yes. People with the slimmer wallets, yeah. they might they might play here more often. That's totally fine. Um, but it's warranted. You know what I mean? You yeah. you shouldn't be coming up here. Oh, can I get a can I get a rate? Absolutely not. You're getting an experience. You're not just getting. You're not. You're not rocking out here for. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as you said. It's based on the guy you meet at the front gate who who welcomes you to a day. He'll kind of direct you towards the clubhouse. You as you come to the crossroads at the clubhouse there, you're greeted by the driving range on the right hand side, which is fabulous um, setup. Um, from there, you turn left into the car park. You're greeted by the guys from golf operations. They'll take your clubs. They'll take your name. They'll basically get you set up for the day. You'll be assigned your caddy. Draw. So the golfing experience has already started at that at that stage, but you, you just haven't set foot onto the golf course yet. Yeah, like you've been welcomed three times before you get out of your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only nine. 197 to go <laughs> and fulfill the Irish stereotype yeah. um, we'll go back to the course then for a second in terms of um, old versus new what was Tom Fazio's approach to, to your knowledge of coming in looking at, at here and then progressing it through to version V2.0 
to the best of my knowledge, and I, I wasn't I wasn't involved in the original kind of thinking of it. It was Mr. McManus and family bought the property. The intention was I kind of tweak here and there, maybe kind of redo the bunkers. Um, then we started doing some testing and stuff on the greens, and they weren't performing as well as they could be. That's when the project kind of grew and said, right, the Fazio Group and Tom Mazolf was was involved in the design or the redesign of the Green Monkey Golf Course in Barbados. So there was a there was a connection there to uh, to the owners and family already. As regards the actual approach to design the golf course, what we heard from Tom Mazolf on a daily basis was you should be able to find your tight list and go and play it again. Or, 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 or whatever golf ball manufacturer you, you choose, or, or, or maybe one that sponsored this podcast, um, available at a website near you, but we'll have covered that anyway at <laughs> the start of the podcast. We all, we all know who I prefer. So your golf ball of choice. And, and that's a different way of looking at golf. Yeah. Because I play where I play, and it's damage control from the first day. Yeah. Like, praise the Lord that I have the same one when I finish. Yeah. Um, because I would have heard reports or, or asked people I know who played it there with, with, with friends or, or paid for it, etc. And it was like, there's no rough down there, it's great. There's no rough down there, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I arrived, I arrived up, and, and there is rough, but like, you'll find your ball. But that's just where the penalising starts. Yeah. It's, you can find your ball, but like you're offline because um, the defence system is in the green complexes yeah. and the surrounds. Com- and The complexes and the surrounds is, is this golf course. And the defense. runoffs yeah, are, I mean, are, are yeah. biblical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have kind of 60 hectares of um, closely mown turf. Roofs are mown at no more than an inch. However, as you said, if you're 20 yards offline on any other golf course you'd be um, reloading off the tee yeah, you're penalising that way yeah but this one now all of a sudden you could be blocked out by a tree or you could have a flag that's just cut it's o- unattainable over the top of a bunker but it's surrounded by a slope but ten, ten, 10 today yeah so I didn't wasn't really focusing I was spending too much time with my Kit Kat um, <laughs> and Blaze went off to the right now anywhere else I was like yeah I was contemplating hitting another one off the tee yeah. but I was like okay well we'll go down after it and it it was fine. It was just walk straight up to it. It's fine, but like the shot in, and I, and even if the pin was left or right or whatever, no man's land I was in. Yeah. So I'm straight into five at best yeah. because line line to the green, not pin. Line to the green was just not where it should have been. Yeah. You feel great because you found your ball, but like Paris is almost out of the question unless you're like Shane Lowry. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty much out of, for someone like me. Like if you were shocking. <laughs> Short game is your friend here. If if you, uh, I mean, due to the extreme kind of heat we had there last week, um, that's three weeks. Yeah, the kind of heights are cut on fairways and surrounds are up higher than what they normally be. So you're essentially, if you if you take take that into account, you're essentially tripling the size of your um, runoff area because your ball, if it's if it's coming to one of many of false fronts that uh, we have here, your ball's gone, and all of a sudden it could trickle down a slope, but you could be left on a down slope facing a shot to uphill. Yeah. Pin that's tucked well, unless you can open up the face of a sandwich and kind of nip one and spin it your uh, your options are fairly limited cause absolutely well if it wasn't for Dave Pelts I'd be screwed <laughs> here today earlier on <laughs> or, or having lessons with um, having advice from the likes of Fizzy Nipper Moynihan yeah. definitely came in definitely came in handy but, but your uh, certainly your wedge play from kind of 60 70 yards today was was fairly impressive okay yeah, it's alright it's not too bad not too bad you'd know I, I lived beside a short range <laughs> <laughs> um, 
maintenance costs I'm not asking you how much but in terms of time costs yeah. uh, in terms of old versus new does it take more thinking strategy time manpower now versus the old version yeah, uh, yes um, definitely I mean if, if you look at the old golf course in a kind of happier times before the Celtic Tiger etc we had we were sitting at kind of 15 staff it got towards the Celtic Tiger we got to 8 um, 8 staff at one stage and that's it's a lot of golf course to maintain still with uh, 8 staff versus now what we have so we have 34 guys on the work board every day we have Alan the superintendent and we have three mechanics led by Jonathan Coleman um, so there's kind of 38 I said the architect told us he was going to build us a 50 man golf course and he really did build us a 50 man golf course so when you take those kind of numbers into account and you look at tournaments PGA events um, European tour events that's what they have I think I think Lehinger was between 50 and 65-ish yeah, yeah. on, on, on I, I, we can keep in help. I believe that the Irish Open recently there was 25 staff in total including volunteers so yeah. if you look at that and, and, and again our kind of daily goal is to prepare tournament ready surfaces so all of a sudden the logistics and planning that goes into getting the guys out on the golf course and getting them round morning jobs getting areas mown holes changed greens rolled bunkers reacted etc that's just the morning part of the day because we want to be round before any golfers come out I didn't see anyone out cutting today if you're paying that rate we, we were out you first. don't want to see your story I didn't see anyone out cutting you no. want you want that enjoyable experience and enjoy. so that's just the kind of first part of the day and then after that it's kind of back into the yard washed up um, machines cleaned down and then we're back out into quieter jobs but maintenance and presentation it's still that's still our focus until we until we finish up at the end of the day what I thought was incredible was not just the caddy performance today by Connor, right even though he does have out the car curling team we won't get into that was the, res- the level of respect and awareness they had for the course itself yeah and that's just because yeah. that's not just because Connor's a good lad, is it? No, no. There's a whole program. That's down to the caddies, the training program, the company they use is Caddy Connect. Um, and again, the caddies to us are like a second team of greengeepers. They're the ones that kind of bring the golfers around. They're repairing pitch marks. They're filling divots. They're raking the bunkers properly, correctly, leaving the rakes inside a bunker for um, a presentation. It all just adds to that experience. It's funny you say that now because I was in a number bunkers today as I was water but you can't hit out of water here and as you visually look down fairways and, and onto greens you don't see the wrecks in the bunkers do you? No, no and I'm just thinking about other other premium courses yeah. and like, there's rakes thrown everywhere so like every every little percentage is thought of yeah. and dealt with here yeah to us to us the kind of presentation of a bunker complements the cut of a fairway, which complements the cut of a tee, the roll of a green, the straightness of a flag on a hole or on a on a green. And that's just, I say, we can't do one element or we can't do everything on our own. It's all part of one big team ethos we have here in the day. That the caddies are essentially a big part of that as well. You're all pulling in one direction. So yes. you've your own greenkeeping team of, of approximately 30 to 40 people. And there, Connor was telling me there are 40 caddies here year full time this year sometimes yeah. it's more yeah, that's, that's like right. another that's a whole other team yeah. and um, we get into it's not just my pitch mark things are repairing or random ones that are, there isn't random ones that are unrepaired un- around here it, uh, he showed me um, a pitch mark repair of one that wasn't done right yeah yeah and I didn't even see it, right? So really t- tells you a lot about me. <laughs> but um, 
incorrectly so it was a, a tiny a very small not even like two cent circle of semi-yellow kind of brown maybe it was probably like from this morning or, yeah. or, or maybe yesterday that it was repaired I said this is how you deal with this and he like dug out the pitch mark took out the, the roots were because they were dead and that was causing the discoloration and then uh, from the outside in like twisted in or pushed in and, and compacted and it was perfect yes. and wouldn't affect any role and I was like you have an extra 40 people doing that and that all that all comes into the whole presentation yeah. the brand or whatever like the brand if you want to say it but like the experience yeah the experience I mean from what you just described there that job that was done by Connor today in particular um, was preventative maintenance if you like for by kind of making sure that pitch mark is repaired properly and and because it was repaired and the ground is closed over effectively. but if you're looking at, kind of, at dead kind of bruised grass that's just sitting there it's essentially wide open for infestation of weed grasses in this case it's poor annual and we put a lot of time and effort into plugging picking making sure we have a monostand of bent grass on the greens and surrounds which aids for the ball roll it just keeps the ball roll true and and that's there wasn't a bubble not a bubble or, or yeah I did prefer when the rain came down and, and the greens kind of slowed up a little bit, up bit in, but that's 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 more a reflection of my golf game than anything else unfortunately I learnt a lot about grass today yes Generally, I, I play links golf, and I don't even like it's just the grass, right? <laughs> but from speak, like I, I learned that they play differently from asking the likes of Livy Mahaffey, and I was just like, because she's, she's mentioned it before in yes. the states that there's different, there's Poana and there's rye and there's bent grass, and you hear the pros on about it because yeah. different parts of America, different grass, etc., due to the weather. Yeah. So. It was because I think you said the first couple of holes, oh, that's rye, and then Connor mentioned, oh, but it's bent grass up there. So, what grass is where? We'll, we'll, we'll ask first. What grass? Okay, so so we have on our tees, fairways, surrounds, and roofs, we have dwarf perennial ryegrass. On our greens, we have pure distinction bent grass. On our surrounds, we have A4 bent grass, and then there's also 10 hectares of fescue, which kind of frame the golf course as well. Why? The the bent grass is, I think, as you've seen today, the ball roll. I'm not going to say it again, but like it's incredible. Like it's the truest roll, and it's not just because I'm like I'm here for a reason, and like the price is is, is there for a reason. And all you need to come down is come down and play the first hole, and four putt, well three putt, like I did today. I gave myself a third. Um, the roll is just I've not ever experienced anything like it, yeah. and it just showed up. How good of a putter I was. <laughs> I, I think I said it to you on 16. Give me, give me a couple of days putting on these greens. And my putting will be like, because because they're so true, if you're not online, you ain't holding it. And if you're not online and on the right pace, you ain't You have to it. pick the right line because the ball, the ball won't topple into the hole from the bottom side. You have to be on the pro side, the high side, otherwise... It's and you'll hit edges, and you'll hit edges and keep going. going. Because, because it's so fine and so true and holes are cut so well and so tight and so clean in terms of presentation... Like, you ain't going to hit a lip and, and fall in. 
you know there's no there's nothing there's nothing into the <laughs> hole it's got to be like yeah. gravity will yeah. only work yeah. if you get like most of that ball yeah. over the hole yeah. you know yeah we do take a lot of pride in the product that we have the surfaces we prepare but in that pride there's a lot of work goes into it there's a lot of testing checking monitoring and by that I suppose I mean we're, we're testing water capacity levels in, in the greens firmness speeds ball roll trueness and every one of those things together aids in producing what you see out there today it's writhing in yeah. the fairways yeah. and tee boxes yeah. so, so why why different so we have ryegrass it, it produces a lovely tight dense surface in season which helps to keep out poor annual again it just helps to keep the surface kind of nice and dense leading to a consistent lie yeah yeah consistent lie it's a colour you're looking at it's that and we've only mentioned it once today it's that effect from that golf club in America that we all know and see on the TV every April it's spray painted yeah. <laughs> Augusta <laughs> it's that's spray painted here but like that's the Augusta look the Augusta effect this we as a golf course are kind of striving to the ryegrass to a certain extent kind of one of our thoughts at the start was if we have tight dense ryegrass a golfer's walking through that it's essentially if you like it's acting like a mat for your shoes so by the time you get up onto the green your shoes are limiting the amount of seed heads poor annua seeds you're carrying up onto your green so there, there's no natural like movement of seed like. by, by, by people moving around the place yeah that's what we're trying to reduce and I think as Connor showed you as you walk down past the putting green the shoe cleaner to the right hand side yeah. we insist on all the guests use the shoe cleaner which fires out a high density mist just to make sure your shoes are clean before you enter the golf course before well. you start playing golf you clean your shoes yeah. well, not to be said because when you think about it that way yeah. in terms of cross contamination especially if you come from Kerry right there's different <laughs> wild grass down there uh, or Clare whatever but like if you're bringing like domestic grass if you're chipping out the back in your off shoes right. and you're bringing that high level of maybe people put on weed and feed and you bring yeah. and you bring that the bottom of your shoes onto yeah. the first tee and, yeah. and you blaze a trail yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's it, there it's another dimension we add to just keeping the sward clean keeping the ball roll true and fast it's all of these elements working together that helps us to produce what we do it's truly a majestic experience you know between like everything's just perfect and there once you're here and you experience it you, un- you just understand and uh, I wouldn't judge it until you've actually come down here and experienced it coming across the bridge in 18 you asked me how was it and I was like I don't I haven't even felt the walk <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it's, yeah. Part of it's from, yeah. like, it's it's an elevated experience of day, right? Yeah. From from the front gate to the pro shop to, to the carriage house to the hall. It's it's like a full on concierge. It is concierge experience. Yeah. Like your your yes. your handholder throughout the whole day. It's it's, it's um, what did Howard here and say? I'm uncomfortable with the level of service. Which I think is a nice later, a nice compliment. It's a comfortable and enjoyable level of absolutely. Uncomfortable service. Can we go play it? Can we go play it again? <laughs> we can. We can. Although another we'll, day, we might get a cat this time. A bit. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Um, oh, you. if thank anybody you. out there has a calling to work and they think it's going to be a handy number, right? If if you think it's a handy number, maybe it's not for you. But if they have a calling about, I just love grass, right? Or mm-hmm. I love cotton grass, or I have green fingers and I want to do more, and and I just love this. What would you say to that kind of? If they're a teenager or mid twenties, or if they've turned around their fart and they're like, "Geez, I'd love to do that," what, what, what would you recommend as like a first step for them? There's a lot of hard work involved in this. I mean, it's not so set your expectations. Yeah, set your expectations. Out. Um, 
see to yourself, is this what you really want? Have I any kind of knowledge of... So if you're a golfer, it helps because you have a kind of insight to what's required already. But I mean, if you're um, if you're looking to get into turf and turf grass management, then it really does help if you have like a kind of college education, a background, just from the fact that you could be out on the golf course doing something. You could be watering a green, for instance, but you could be over watering a green. Whereas mm-hmm. if you didn't have that, that kind of college kind of background or education, you probably wouldn't know it. Now, that said, we have some guys on the team who haven't studied greenkeeping and, and they're absolutely super. That's because they pick up from the guys they're working with and from the team that we put a level of training and experience into kind of what we do as well, like, you know. So um, It's not just sea level golf. It's, it's open to everyone. If you think about it, if you didn't go out for like three Saturday nights in a row, you could, you could play here. Yeah, yeah. My taxi home on Wednesday night was 75 euro. Yeah. It's not unaffordable. Um, you just have to put it into context. David Bailey, quick for a Q and A. Are you ready? This, yeah. These are the most important questions. Yes. 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 <laughs> Go on. What would your walk on song be? My walk on song, or my favourite song, would be Die Straits Walk of Life. Is that on down the down the Greenkeeping Shed? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my Spotify, and it'll stay there. Gym <laughs> uh, or pizza? Pizza, but it should be the gym. <laughs> I'd say the pizza, say yeah, the pizza yeah, and the carrot yeah, house is yeah, pretty yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, pizza. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Tin Cup. That's why I say tea it up at the start of the podcast. Yeah. I hope that wasn't awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, there was a few Happy Gilmore quotes out there to go, wasn't it? <laughs> um, win the Open or win the Masters? Masters. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Walk or cart? Ooh, walk. Around here? Yes. Every time. Player practice? Player this is a bonus question. I don't know if you if you if you knew this question was coming. It won't be controversial, don't worry. It's all, it's all about you, don't worry. Okay. So I'm just trying to think. Will we will we say it's in this room? We'll say it's in this room. Okay. But there's only six chairs. <laughs> not not six. Right. There's seven chairs. Okay. And you're you're where I am. You're at the top of the table. You're planning like um, your thirtieth anniversary of working here, and you're okay. your chief 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 superintendent. <laughs> And uh, you can have whoever, whatever six people you want. Throw three people down the left there and three people down the right. Whoever you want for maybe another burger, the burger for lunch. Mm. So you can have whatever it you want. It was good. And we, won't, we won't ask what's on the menu, but who are the six people that you would have? You can have anyone you want, dead, alive, family, uh, celebrity, fictional, uh, whoever. Who, who would be at uh, David Bailey's oh, oh. candlelit dinner in the boardroom in a day of Hannah? I suppose first up, just to keep the peace, I have to say the wife. <laughs> She's more than welcome. Yeah. She was there. Um, after that, oh wow, um, was my my mum. Um, she passed away there about seven years ago. She never got to meet the kids properly. She did get to meet Jack. Um, Emma Rose, she only knew for 12 months of okay. Emma Rose's life. So so my mum. And then we're looking at, I'm a big sports fan. Okay, so we're looking at Michael Jordan, Johnny Wilkinson, Tiger Woods. And then as I'm here 20 years, I love Ireland. I need a horse for the evening. The horse for the evening would be Gibbon. And that, that's 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 a super table, David Bailey. Thank you so much for your time today. Your uh, your the hospitality has been really good. I won't say <laughs> I won't say phenomenal again, but thank it's you, buddy. Yeah, it's just it's just been mind blowing. I'm, I'm still I'm still sitting here. I'm on a cloud. Come back home. I'm on an absolute cloud. I thoroughly enjoyed the day, and I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you and and the podcast as well. And just keep up the good work of the podcast. It's it's a great listen. Sound be good. Safe home. Thank you. 
Well, folks, what a chat that was with David Bailey back in August, back when we had the sunshine and the long evenings, and now we're in October. And so if you did like that episode with David, uh, let me know. Let me know on Instagram. Uh, Leave a podcast review if you're into that. Um, Or, yeah, just share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Um, If you think it's a good listen, share it around the place. Um, Really intriguing chat. I learned so much about golf course design, uh, the fact that you have to take into account in maintenance, different grasses. So hopefully I was able to ask David those questions that I would hope you you, you would have as well about about those things and about uh, their manner as well. Um, But yeah, Uh, head over to paddytarsgolf.com. There's a newsletter up there. I call it the timesheet. And we're doing monthly giveaways as ever. So if you're signed up, you're in. Uh, you get a, a monthly email and it's generally what podcasts are there, maybe a couple of discount codes. And someone on that distribution list gets a giveaway, something free. Um, upcoming as well, all over on Instagram, if, if you're into that, um, a really, really close hitting like 5,000 people there following little old me. And um, yeah, I have like 10 things to give away as part of that. So if you're not following Instagram, get over there um next week we have a chat with uh, david fitz who set up a fitness center down in Tralee. so um yeah talk to you next week until we teed up again soon i am patty